Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. Okay, now we're going to do a study before the study. Every now and then, if you're new or visiting, we do a study before the study because I think it's really important to address the reality of our day. You won't hear this in most churches because they're afraid of numbers. They're afraid of money. I'm not afraid of either. God's going to provide. God's going to take care of us. If you're seeking for a church, you pray. Uh, I'd say any church that you go to, give them three-month chance, not a one-time chance, and pray, God, is this where you want me to come? Is this where you're calling me to come? Not, oh, this is so comfortable. Oh, I like this. Oh, I... No, 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 no. God, where are you calling me to go to church? So, Jill Biden. It's time for men to step up for women's rights. I mean, at least she got that right. I mean, she's, she's identifying there are men and there are women. First Lady Jill Biden on Wednesday, this is back in March, about three weeks ago, used a Women's History Month event at the White House to call on men to step up and fight to protect women's rights. Now, I hope her her husband was there, but I doubt he was listening because it's not flowing in that administration whatsoever. The first lady speaking ahead of President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris didn't mince words as she lamented that women find themselves relegating battles, in quotes, battles that we thought we had won a long time ago. What is that battle? We need more men to hold each other accountable when women are being hurt or being left behind. Well, what's the being hurt or being left behind? The Supreme Court declared last June that states can ban murder. So men, you need to step up and let women know that they can murder their babies. Get your act together, guys. This is from the top. Since then, Republican-controlled legislators across the country have rolled out regulations shortening the period when a woman can get an abortion and otherwise restricting abortion access. The fight for women's equality should have an end, the First Lady said. It did in the Bible. We're co-equal in Christ. If she would read her Bible, she'd figure it out. There's no difference between male, female, Jew, Greek, male, female. We're all co-equal in Christ. But there is a godly order. There's an earthly order. President Biden, his remarks, vowed that his administration remained focused on improving the economic status of women and argued that all major issues facing the nation, from public safety to public health, are directly tied to improving women's economic security and well-being. Very interesting. I see various problems. Too many to list, unfortunately, but here are a few. And before we get into that, let's not forget the three main promises that this administration made prior to taking over the various offices of the United States. Do you remember those promises three years ago? They were now going to fill Washington with adults. Okay. Second promise, they were going to bring science... To the forefront. How are we doing so far? 
Third promise, they were going to bring unity to the country. So how's it going? You want to trust in a party? You want to trust in a man? Don't trust in a party or a man or a woman. You trust in Jesus. He takes care of all these issues if we would just focus on Jesus. You see, this is the same administration that is encouraging anyone and everyone, including preschool children, to question their gender. Which we know is unscientific and unbiblical. Genesis 1.27 says this, So God created man in his own image. He created him male and female. He created them. Now, when you watch the video, you might have got offended a little bit. Oh, they're putting people in certain roles. No, they're making light of a reality. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. That doesn't mean it can't change. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't be open to God's way of improving communication and our behaviors. It's just stating a basic fact. That's just the way it is. This is the same administration that is stoking the flames of racism, encouraging hate between various races, which we know is unscientific and unbiblical. Acts 17.26 says, And he made us, this is Paul speaking, the he capitalized, God, and he made us from one blood. You might want to write this down, take a picture of it, memorize it when somebody talks to you about racism. For God so loved the world. Just quote John 3.16 and then go, oh, and by the way, do you know Acts 17.26? And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell. Men there is mankind, male, female, to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. That's kind of interesting. Boundaries? We should have boundaries? Hmm. This is the same administration that is encouraging the right to kill babies in a mother's womb, even up to the point of birth. Which we know is unscientific and unbiblical. Matter of fact, Psalm 139 says this. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. This is David, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, talking about what God has done for mankind. Knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well? I know it. You watched me when I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born every day of my life. This applies to you. This applies to every believer, every unbeliever, Every day is written in what? In God's book. Nobody gets out of here early. Nobody gets out of here late. Sometimes we'll say, oh, they died before their time. No. Oh, they died right on time. Correct. They died right on time. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Let's look at Romans chapter 1. Because this is the same administration that is encouraging the destruction of America through worshiping the creation versus worshiping the creator. And you might be thinking, well, I've never heard that in the Bible. I've never read that. Well, you're going to read it right now. 
If you'd like, you don't want to turn it to your Bible, don't. But, you know, it's your free will. But we know it's unscientific and unbiblical. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness. Oh, sorry, not all, sir. All ungodliness and righteousness of men, mankind, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. I don't know if you've been seeing that happening the last few years, last few decades. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, young people, notice this, creation. Come to the Wednesday night study, Genesis. From the sense the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Who are the they there? Humanity. Nobody has an excuse because the Holy Spirit, as we now have eight plus billion people on the face of this earth, the Holy Spirit is reaching out to every single person. Religion will tell you otherwise. That's why you want to read your Bible. For God so loves the world. He's reaching out to every single person. Well, how could that be? I'm not God, so I can't tell you. But the Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. I think Corey Tim Boom said that. That's just the way it is. Oh, I don't believe my Bible. Well, that's your problem. Take it up with God. You're going to be found to be wrong. 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. How many times will a politician on both sides of the aisle Say, God bless America. Oh, so they're saying that they know there's a God and they want God to bless America. They're acknowledging. This is what, the, this is what we just read. People know there's a God. Are you kidding me? Check out a hummingbird. There's a God. Check out a bee. There's a God. Flowers. Just check it out. But became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts we're darkened, and that's what we're seeing right now. Foolish. Foolish means ignorant. Ignorant means unlearned. Unlearned. We don't want to know the Bible. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Have we seen that over the last few decades? 62. Prayer was removed from school. That was 1962. 61 years now. 1963. Bibles were removed from schools. Bad. Thou shalt not kill. Check it out. Check out what the seven bad things were kids were doing in the 1950s in schools. Chewing gum. Ooh. Running in a hallway. Ooh. Then find out what are the seven habits that are taking place in America's schools today where they need metal detectors in some schools before they can go to school. And change the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made with like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts. Is that what you want? Fine. I love you. I'm calling you to the cross. You don't want it? Fine. But no, I love you. 
to dishonor their bodies among themselves and who exchange the truth of God for the lie. The truth of God. And worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. You see, it's in your Bible. This whole farce that we're going through, the green deal, is to bring us down so that we can have equity amongst the whole world. And it's happening quicker and quicker and quicker, even though it makes no common sense, even though scientists are saying it's not going to work. Billionaires, you know, they didn't get to be billionaires because they threw their money away. They're pretty smart people. They're all saying the same thing. This is not going to work. Not at the rate we're doing it anyways. Great idea. Not going to work. Who? Who? God is blessed forever. This is not a political commentary. This, I hope you realize, is what you and I need to understand about our Bible. The Bible has all the answers for us. And we don't have to panic. Even as we sang this morning. Wonderful theology. Wonderful theology. And I hope that when you come to church, you're ready to praise God for the theology that he's given to us in your word. Because this is illegal. This is illegal in most Muslim countries. Not bashing anybody, just reality. You get caught with one of these, you're going to be doing jail time if not executed. Proselytizing, you're going to be caught. If you're caught, jail time if not execution. And guys, we have two, three, four, five of these in our, in our homes. And we're not reading them. I'm not saying all of you. I'm saying the church in general do not read their Bibles. That's why there's panic. You don't need to panic. God's got a plan and the chess pieces are being moved right where they need to be. Ukraine, don't panic. Russia, nuclear weapons, don't panic. They're going to use them. What? I'm not a prophet. Just read your Bible. And God's going to take care of them. So don't panic. Stay in the word of God and stay focused on the end game, the end goal. We're going to heaven. We need to take somebody with us. Father, we thank you and praise you that we're ambassadors for Christ. We're not ambassadors for any political party. We're not ambassadors for any agenda. We're ambassadors for the word of God. We're the hands and feet that you want to use in our mouths to let people know that God loves them, that God will accept them just the way they are, and that God will clean them. He'll take care of all the problems, as we've seen happen in our own lives. I'm sure all of us, if not, if not all of us, most of us in this room, could give a testimony of how God cleaned us up through word, through the word, through prayer through Bible studies, through Christian fellowship, through our mates, through our children. You'll use anyone. You'll use a donkey. So, Father, we just thank you and praise you that you have not given up on this world, but at the same time, you're not going to withhold anyone's free will. You'll allow them to do whatever they want to do. And you'll allow us as believers to do whatever we want to do. We know that. So, Father, we pray, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit, even right now. Because we know we don't want to do what we want to do most of the time. We know we need more of your Holy Spirit to keep our flesh in check. And so we thank you for that power that dwells within us. 
Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And we thank you that he keeps that flesh in check. Because we want to be more like Jesus. We want to love our neighbors. We want to love our politicians. We want to pray for them. But our flesh says no. So we submit our will to your will and say, yes, I will. I will pray for them. I will love them. I will encourage them to the best of my ability. I'll live at peace with them to the best of my ability. Because that's what your word says to do. Do good unto all. Especially the household of faith. Fulfill that in our lives. This day, this hour, this, this week, Lord. And Lord, I pray for the gift of teaching that you'll be glorified through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't think I gave an update on the roof, did I? Okay, so the roof went really, really well. Praise God, nobody got hurt. Um, We got three-fourths of the tiles off. We got uh, probably five-eighths of the wood strips and the felt paper off. Um, So we just got fried. We were off the roof at two, so it was a very long day. A lot of help. A lot of you came out. Um, So this coming Saturday morning, we're going to start at 5.30 in the morning. 5.30 in the morning. I think we can get it done in three hours, if not less. We need about eight people on the roof, about 10 or 12 people on the ground, uh, probably about four people in the lift. So if we can get about 16 to 20 of us, and really need you young guys. Us old guys, we're getting tired. But we were up on the roof. The young guys were in the shade down below under these trees. Doing, no, I'm just kidding. Everybody worked hard. Everybody worked hard. But we do. We need the next generation to step up. Your 20s, 30s, 40s, step up. We're going to be here at 530. We should be done by 830, 9 o'clock. You have the rest of the day to yourself. Okay? So we just want to get the tiles off the roof, and then we'll take care of packaging and the rest of that stuff. And if we have enough people, we'll keep packaging the way that we're packaging them as well. Okay? So that's the update. And then tomorrow morning, uh, if you'd like to come out tomorrow morning, Monday and Wednesday, we're going to be here at 530. And we're going to finish. Uh, we're just going to start detailing the, the wonderful plywood that's exposed. And we're going to start laying felt and putting on shingles tomorrow morning. So if you'd like to come out and help, uh, we're going to work from 530 to 1130 Monday and Wednesday. 5.30 to 11.30. You want to come out for one hour or whatever? We're not going to be doing tiles. We're going to be doing the shingling. If more people show up, then maybe we'll do that as well. All right. So, Matt, you can cut that all out of the tape when you do your editing. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. If you're new or visiting, the Word of God, which we've already talked about, but we're going to finish up 2 Corinthians. Verse 1. This will be the third time I am coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Paul writing to the church at, Col- at uh, Corinth. I have told you before and foretell you, foretell as if I were present the second time, and now being absent, I write to those who have sinned before and to all the rest that if I come again, I will not spare. Since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, who is not weak towards you, but mighty in you. So basically, Paul has been dealing with, to bring people up to speed, um, the false people that either were raised up within the church or came from without the church when they came in. And they basically said, well, who is that apostle Paul? We're apostles. Listen to what we say. And oh, by the way, you need to be circumcised. As well as faith in Christ, you need to be circumcised to be saved. No, there's no work. Baptism not saved. No work saves a person. You're only saved by grace through faith, period. And so this is what Paul is dealing with. If you're new here, he's wrapping up his letter, but he's still dealing with this issue. Verse 4, though he was crucified, so we know that to be Jesus, in weakness, yet he lives by the power of God, for we also are weak in him. But we live with him 
by the power of God towards you. You see, even though it appeared that Jesus was weak by going to the cross, Jesus resurrected himself from the dead to show his preeminence and his rightful eternal power. And when the son returned to his eternal throne of authority, he said, I need to go. And when I go, I will send. You can read this in the Gospel of John. He sent the Holy Spirit to empower those who would minister the gospel. Guys, that's you and me. As we go out into this crazy world, we're to minister the gospel. We're not to minister our wrath, our anger, our frustration, our impatience, calling people names, getting on social media and berating people. That's not our calling. If you're doing that on social media, please get off social media because you're ruining your testimony for Christ. You're not called to do that. We're not called to do that. You see, Jesus momentarily laid aside his glory so that he might walk in the weakness of this human flesh. And Paul was living out his religious experience in the flesh, but upon salvation, received the Holy Spirit that empowered him to do the things that God desired him to do. I mean, he was a religious man. None of us would ever compare to him, myself included. He was a religious nut, thinking that he loved God and that he was doing God's will. You see, there is no power in the Holy Spirit. So, so there is so much power in the Holy Spirit, and every Bible-believing Christian has received that same Holy Spirit. But he wants to empower us. Are we allowing him to empower us? And this goes against what we, most of us have been trained. You know, you get knocked down, pick yourself up. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Just get busy. Just do this. Just do that. Work, 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 work. And there is some good to that, but that's what my dad taught me. I mean, there's some good to that. But what that can generate is total self-reliance. It doesn't work in Christianity. It will never work in Christianity. If you're not relying upon the Holy Spirit, you're not going to make it. Your marriage is not going to be what it should be. Yeah, you might be committed. My parents were committed for 72 years before my dad died. It wasn't much of a marriage, but they were committed. They came from that generation of, you know what? You're going to commit until the day you die. And that's just the way it was. We don't have that commitment anymore. But we should have a commitment in a sense through the word of God is I'm going to commit my life to Christ and make this marriage work as much as I can do it. If there's somebody that doesn't want to make it work and not follow Christ, well, that's not your problem. That's their problem. But if both people are doing that, is the marriage ever going to fail? Nope. Nope. Never will. Never will. See, we have weak, the weakness of the flesh, but thanks to God that we also have the power of the Holy Spirit. And this isn't some religious nonsense. Power! Get off the screen. Don't give them any money. Please, cancel them. Jeez. You see, this is the Spirit that gave Paul the ability to minister to those in Corinth the way he did. This guy poured his life into them and they're bad-mouthing him? Would you turn around and minister to somebody the way he did in 2 Corinthians? Would you be really loving to them? Most of us would probably say, no. Showing grace in the midst of false accusations. Why? I've already referenced it. 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children. I encourage you to memorize that and meditate on that this week. We're not of this world, guys. We're passing through. I vote. I'm registered. I do all that. Petitions. Whatever. You're called to get into politics? Do it. I'll support you. 
I'll be praying for you. I'm not, so keep your head straight. But I'm of God. I'm just visiting this planet. It's all going to burn. Read your Bible. It's all going to burn. And I've overcome them. Who are the them? The world. You've overcome the world. Because he who is in you, the Holy Spirit, is greater than he, demonic forces, in the world. You see, Paul is emphasizing this fact to prepare the reader for the next verse in verse 5. Examine yourselves. I have these two verses highlighted. I encourage you to highlight your Bible. Write in your Bible. If you don't have a paper Bible, get a paper Bible. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do not... Do you... Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. You see, the false accusers of Paul thought that they were walking in the faith. But Paul made it perfectly clear that they were not. They were in the flesh, trying to bring the young believers at Corinth back under the law. Notice I didn't say that they were not believers. They may have been believers. But they were not walking in the faith as believers. So Paul teaches the believers to examine oneself. Oneself. Nobody else. Just oneself. Examine means to test. To test. Disqualified. It's defined as not standing the test. Not approved. Used with the idea of coins or metals. So today... We have certain tests to determine how pure gold or silver is. We're not determining whether it's gold or silver. We know it's gold or silver. We're just determining how pure is the gold or silver. Are you seeing what Paul is getting at here? Salvation's off the table. This is not about, oh, I wonder if I'm saved. I probably disqualified myself. I probably lost my salvation. That's not in the scriptures. That's not what Paul is addressing. He's addressing reality. Are you walking in the faith? Or are you walking in the flesh, even though you're within the faith? There's a big difference. And that's why Corinth was having so many issues in the church. And that's why we don't have a lot of issues in this church. When issues arise, we go, okay, where is that in the Bible? Oh, I don't know. Well, then why are you saying it? I don't know. Stop saying it. Okay. (laughs) Took care of that. That was 10 seconds. Great. We're moving on. We love you. But if you do it again, we're going to ask you to leave because it's heresy what you're teaching. You're not, going to cause a little, you're not going to cause a little sheep to stumble. No way. You see, in the flow of the text here, I think Paul is saying to those who trust in their works to help them get into heaven that they need to really test their genuineness to salvation by grace through faith alone. You see, it is obvious in the Gospels that the only way to the Father was through faith in Jesus being the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Nothing else but faith in the risen Savior. John 6, 28, 29 says, Then they said to him, What shall we do? The him here is Jesus. What shall we do that we may work the works of God? I mean, every religious person asks this. Well, what can I do to get God to love me? What can I do to make God happy? He's in heaven. He's quite happy. Streets of gold. He's not worried about being made happy. He's happy. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God. Oh, I bet they're like, oh, oh, 
sitting forward in the chair. Ooh, here's the work of God. That you believe in him whom he sent. Huh? That's it? Just belief? Well, as you read your Bible, you're going to see that that's how faith, uh, that's how Abraham became saved. By faith, being an Arab, being uncircumcised. God said it. Abraham believed it. That's it. He's a child of God. It's that basic. So, a simple question, or some simple questions to ask ourselves. Because it says examine yourself. So for you and I today, as we read these scriptures, we can blow through them and go, well, that doesn't apply to me. Mm, it applies to you. It applies to me. If I'm walking in the flesh while living in the faith, it applies to me. Am I becoming more like gold, precious gold, more like Jesus? Or am I okay with the dross that's in my life? You know, just get over it. It's just a little bit of dross. No, you get over it. I need to get over it. I want to be refined. I want to be refined, and I know you do. Do I know Jesus as my Savior? Most of you say, well, yes. Okay, well, that's the, first, that's the most important question. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, the rest of it doesn't matter. You're going to hell. You need Jesus as your Savior. How about, am I in the race of faith? So now, yes, I know Jesus as my Savior. And maybe you're new to the faith, so you don't understand that, that there's an actual race to the faith. Not a race to see if you're going to make it to heaven. You've made it. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Get over that. That's off the table. Now, are you going to walk out the faith? And allow the Holy Spirit to transform your life, to build that faith, to make it more useful for His purposes, whatever that may look like, in school, at work, in the neighborhood, changing somebody's tire on a freeway, whatever it might be, how is that being lived out in reality? Do I believe in His finished work on the cross? Or do I trust in my works for salvation? And again, there's all kinds of people coming in here from different denominations. And we have to debug the program because maybe you were raised in a denomination where you had to do certain works in order for God to love you. You had to do certain works in order for God to accept you. And, oh yeah, you know, God loves you now, but oh, you just blew it. Oh man, you're, you're driving the nails into his wrist. Totally unscriptural. You got to debug the program. I should have works of salvation but not works for salvation. Big difference. One word, but a big difference. And then lastly, or in faith plus works. What do I believe? What do you believe? Examine yourself on a regular basis. Let's look at John chapter 8. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, and we'll pick it up in verse 31. Notice what Jesus says here. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So he's not talking to you know, someone who's doubting. Jesus, it tells us right here that Jesus says, okay, here's a group of people, men, that are believing in me. 
I believe this is the religious Jews. As you read your Bible and the gospel, you're going to see that there's office as emphasis of the Jews. And when you read it in context, it's about those who have the word of God, those who should have known, those who should have understood the word of God. If you abide in my word, and you, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Notice that, guys, for you and I today, in 2023. Are you getting caught up in all the conspiracies? Are you wringing your hands over what's going on? Is your mental state not very well? Are you blowing up when you shouldn't be blowing up because of what's happening in politics, in our society? It's grieving. Can we all agree it's grieving? It is absolutely grieving. But don't let it consume you because then you're of no value to the kingdom of God. You can't bless anybody because you're so wound up. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. And have never been in bondage to anyone. Huh. Never been in bondage to anyone. Let's see the Assyrians, Babylonians, Greeks, Medes, Persians, Rome. Okay, sure. How can you say you will, we will, be made, you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin and practices sin, as you read the, all the scriptures, is a slave of sin. Because we all sinned this past week, doesn't mean we're slaves. Read your whole Bible. If you're practicing, practicing, practicing something, then you become a servant of that something, whatever it is. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me, because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do not... And you do what you have seen from your father. (laughs) I love these verses. They answered and said to Jesus, here comes the piousness. Even though we believe you, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me. A man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. He's catching their ear. He wants their full attention when he slams the hammer down. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Ooh, hello. Slap Jesus right across the face. If you know the story, then you know the story. I don't got to explain it, but... uh, Read your Bible, you'll figure it out. <clears throat> Where am I? You are of your father, verse 44. Well, verse 43. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. Why does the world not understand what we're talking about? Because they're not reading the Bible. So we, we can't necessarily condemn them. We should not condemn them. We should take them the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You are of your father, the devil. Hello. And the desires of your father you want to do. He is a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. Back in 2 Corinthians 13. But I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. 
You see, Paul was secure in his salvation, and he knew that he had clearly explained the means wherein to be saved for the Corinthians. So he wasn't doubting his salvation, no doubt whatsoever. Now I pray to God that you would do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that you should do what is honorable, though we may be seem disqualified, though we may seem as the false apostles are stating, oh, Paul, who is Paul, who is Paul, trying to get the other Corinthians to think, oh, yeah, Paul, he's... He's nobody. You're, you're finer gold than Paul ever was. We're going to follow your teaching. No, 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 no. You see, Paul wasn't concerned about his reputation. He was concerned about the eternal well-being of others. So Paul intercedes on their behalf. That they would attempt to do no evil, be honest, be sincere. Honorable here. Honorable means good, literally or morally, valuable or virtuous. Application for us this morning. Sometimes, that's not, I didn't write that out right. Oh, yes, I did. We are so others orientated. Sometimes we are so others orientated that we forget to evaluate our own lives. That's exactly what I meant to say. My brain was saying, no, it's not. Yes, it was. Submit, brain. It's so easy to find fault with everybody else. But what is Paul encouraging the believers to do? The believers, not to question their salvation. Get past that. Are you being refined? Are you becoming more like Jesus? Yeah, well, so-and-so. Yeah, that's great. How about you? How about me? We forget to evaluate our own lives. Verses 8 and 9. For we can do nothing against the truth before the truth. For we are glad when you are, you, we are weak and you are strong. And this we also pray, that you may be made complete. You see, there always has been and there always will be those who come along to twist the truth just a little bit for their own benefit, whether it's within the church, the job site, politics, the the school setting. You see, Paul, rather, was willing to sacrifice his whole life as a father would for his children. He was glad to share the truth with the Corinthians and not trying to benefit from their financial giving. Because his focus was for them to seek after the eternal benefits. It's kind of interesting. I'm not a scholar. You can do this yourself. But that word complete there in verse 9, that last word in verse 9, it's used only once in the New Testament. Right here. Just used once. Now you're going to go, wait a minute, I've read another. Yes, you have. But you see in the Greek language they had similar words but different definitions. And this is one of those cases. And so, yes, you will read the word complete. Matter of fact, we're going to read it later on in our text. Different, different definition. So this definition is thoroughly equipped. And when you keep it in the flow of the text, it makes perfectly sense. perfect sense. Thoroughly equipped. How do I become thoroughly equipped? By evaluating my life. Evaluating my life. Evaluating my life. Now, if you're one of those people that beat yourself up, that is not what the scriptures are teaching you. Not at all. But to be mature enough to evaluate your life and not beat yourself up, but to go, you know what? I need to submit that area to the Lord. And I need to get some very specific scriptures to fight against the enemy because I know the enemy is going to come against me in this area that I know just submitted to the Lord. How did Jesus combat the enemy? The word of God. Word perfect. Guys, it just flows. It just flows. Let the Bible flow. Become complete by, by evaluating yourself and becoming thoroughly equipped. It was, its use was with the idea of strengthening, 
Perfecting the soul, training, disciplining, instructing. This one word is that specific definition. Fits perfectly. You see, are we training for the battle that is taking place? We have spiritual armor available to us in Ephesians chapter 6, but are we putting it on? And when something does come against us, we might just cry out, you know, where are you, God? I trust in you. I believe in you. Where are you? You see, becoming complete doesn't just happen. And for some reason in America, over the last 30 years, we've allowed this to creep into our culture. Well, no, it's longer than that because our kids are older. Our kids are 41 now. Um, Last 40 years, everybody gets a trophy. Why does everybody get a trophy? Some of these people stink. Don't give them a trophy. I don't know why we do that. We're hurting ourselves. We're damaging their little brains, thinking they're so great when they stink. You're good in another area. Just stay focused on that area. Have fun in this area. But don't think you're Michael Jordan, because you're not. Just keep focusing on what God has for your life. Which means bad things do happen to good people because we live in a cursed world. But when we're in God's will... He makes all things work together for the good. And there you'll have the will of God versus the will of man. Verse 10. Therefore I write these things being absent, yet lest being present, I should use sharpness according to the authority which the Lord has given me for edification and not for destruction. You see, the word here is to build up, but sometimes there is some demolition that needs to take place in our lives, in the church. You see, Paul's desire to build up the believers Not to come in and spend time clearing out the false doctrines. You see, my role as a pastor is to teach you up into the true doctrines of the faith where you as a flock, and you all do this. I shouldn't say you all because I don't know you all. But the ones that I deal with, the people that I deal with, use the word of God when they have situations happen in their lives. And that's because the pastorate, whether it's myself or Pastor Darrell, Pastor L, Pastor Tony, Joseph, the various leaders in the high school ministry, junior high ministry, various leaders in the Sunday school, starting with the little ones teaching the what? The teaching the word of God, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. That's why little ones need to be over there so that they can hear the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. You may think, man, you people are too extreme on the word of God. I don't think you could ever be too extreme personally. As long as you keep it in balance, I don't think you could ever be too extreme. You see, trying to meet the codes of the law will always bring people into bondage where focusing our lives on the grace of God will always set people free. Here's this word complete again in verse 11. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be complete. Now, it's those two words, not just the one word complete, but it's be complete. And that means to complete thoroughly, to repair, to mend. Be of good comfort. That phrase there, those four words mean to call near, to call to one side. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. So be of one mind means to exercise the mind. Live in peace and the God of love and grace be with you all. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Before we go there, Romans 12. Exhortation. Got ahead of myself. So verse 11 again. Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. Repay no one evil for evil. Romans 12, 17 says. Is this what our government is trying to teach us to do right now? Oh, no. No, 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 no. 
Do whatever you need to do to make somebody afraid. Do whatever you need to do to have fear and control of people's lives as the music team comes up. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men, mankind there. Greet one another with a holy kiss. We do a holy handshake or a holy hug. And you'll have to let me know what you like to do. I, don't, I have no issue hugging the guys. Um, I know some guys are very uncomfortable with that, so I, I, I'm fine with that. I'll give you a holy handshake. I'm very careful with women. That's I think all males we should be. Um, so just show grace with one another, that's all. And the saints, all the saints greet you. And the grace of, God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Let's look at that. Very important. Don't close up your Bibles. Don't close down. Because people will say, well, the word Trinity is not found in the Bible. You're absolutely right. So there is no Trinity. Thank you very much. You're absolutely wrong. Do you know there's the word Jehovah is not in your Bible? Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's not in the original text. So as a Jehovah Witness, you don't exist. But you have the triunity, triunity of the Godhead in various places. Right here, guys, what do you see? The triunity of the Godhead or the Trinity. The word Bible isn't in the Bible. Oh, wow. Notice the grace of Christ, undeserved, unearned favor. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. That's agape love, unconditional, committed, selfless love. And the communion of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, koinonia. Koinonia. The communion of the Holy Spirit. Partnership of the Holy Spirit. What a way to wrap up a letter. It doesn't get any better than that, guys. Father, we thank you and praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you and praise you that you don't leave us orphans, that you've given us the instruction manual, the Bible. And Father, as we see the days around us and the things taking place, we're in serious straits. You are going to judge because you are righteous. You are all loving, but you are also just. And we deserve judgment as a nation. There's no question about that. And even Jesus told his disciples, it rains on the just and the unjust. So, Father, whatever you see fit to do to this nation, we say your will be done. Through your Holy Spirit, we'll be here to help pick up the pieces. And if we're not here any longer, then we'll be in heaven rejoicing at the throne, not thinking anymore about this place. But, Lord, until then, we want to be used of you. We want to make a difference, maybe in one person's life. Can we change Washington? No. But we can impact someone's life in our neighborhood, at the job site, in school, in the family, maybe in the aisle when I'm at a store, having a kind word, a loving smile, maybe asking someone if they need prayer. God, we want to be faithful ambassadors for you. And that means just doing the simple things. So, Father, help us to remember the simple things as this world is trying to make things so complex. It's very simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
But we can't do it apart from your Holy Spirit. So, Father, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. And may that be our prayer throughout the week, throughout the day, throughout the hours. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.